0: It is Cofield and Company, Adam Hill, Will Ramirez here in studio, but it is Final Four week, one of the best times of year for sure, and of course, NBA is still going on, that's where you hear my dubs with the big rally last night, thank you for letting me relive that, Ari. Uh, Adam Hill, Will Ramirez in studio, Steve Cofield is in glorious, luxurious, wonderful, beautiful Houston, Texas. How you doing, sir? I'm good. I
1: don't know why you don't like Houston. I know both of us love the Final Four because uh, we what do. we're going to have the next couple of days with Radio Row. But you are a Houston detractor. Uh,
0: yeah. It's just there's nothing special about it. That's what I what I've always said is that it's a giant city. It's way too big and spread out. And there's like nothing you have to do. There's it has everything you want. Like every chain is there. But there's nothing special to Houston.
1: We drove to that little boardwalk area like 30 miles away, Galveston. Near the coast. Well, we didn't go to Galveston. Or wherever, go to Whatever that little it, like, town is. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. But I like the food here. I think the, the culture from a food standpoint is really good.
0: But uh, Sure. I mean, it's fine. There's some barbecue, but you can go to anywhere in oh, Texas the- or Memphis or anywhere else.
1: Yeah, but I can't always get that in Vegas. We have a lot of good barbecue places, but Texas is a little bit different with the brisket. And also, this is a massive Vietnamese community, and we have a good Vietnamese community, too, for restaurants, but... I'm looking forward to that. So I I already walked around a little bit because, you know, in downtown H-Town, we've got the uh, big convention center where the NABC is set up, and that's where Radio Row will be set up. And then Minute Maid Park is like a stone's throw away. So if you walk in one direction, it's all downtown, and it's a little bit quiet, and it's a lot of chain restaurants. But I actually walked a different way today, and I found, like, a cornucopia of the places in a warehouse district. Like, it looks a little dicey at night. It's not. Uh, But a little bit of exploring, and I found some good places for for later on. I'm all set, set, Willie. I'm all set. Tell them traveling is fun. Don't don't piss and moan. You get to find new places. This is like the fifth time I've been to H-Town.
2: Well, and you're going to be there tomorrow, obviously, the home opener for the defending World Series champs they're playing. Are you going to go visit them? (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, oh. I'll be, I'll be planted at radio row and we'll get all the, uh, the interviews during the day. And we're already set to, uh, I remember the days when we were down here more consistently and we used to do the visit with the existing head coach and it would be like a week or two after the season. And in those days it was Dave Rice and we'd have a nice conversation and you know, you, you remember Willie, Dave was always kind of wound really tight and the pressure, mm. you know, was getting to him a little bit. So that was always a good conversation. So, tomorrow we'll talk to Kevin Kruger. But here's the thing with uh, Kruger, the era has changed so much that <laughs> because of the transfer portal, I mean, the pressure to, to rebuild your team and, you know, get old, stay old. I mean, these next three weeks to a month with the portal are going to be completely insane for everyone, and especially for UNLV, who lost another guy today and David Walker. So, they've got to bring in probably seven or eight players. Uh, who can be contributors close to right away?
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's not just, you know, obviously teams that are looking forward to the future are doing that, but multiple coaches uh, that were here for the NCAA tournament last week kind of talked about that. And when you said, you know, you would ask about, hey, you know, it's tough. You have a Thursday game, then you got to come back on Saturday and play. And, um, you know, it's a quick turnaround. And they said, well, yeah, sure. But it's also Friday's recruiting day. So, <laughs> was, you know, the portal's open. So Muscleman did say that. Like, but,
1: I, I got I to gotta get going. Like, uh, coach the game. Yeah. Coach the game. Don't don't worry about the portal. Like, he can't take a day off from the portal. And it is important to him.
0: Yeah. Sure. It, but multiple coaches talked about that uh, for sure. So, like, even if you're still playing, you've got to be ready. You've got to be keeping your guys around. You've got to be, you know, reaching out and getting new guys. So uh, there's a lot of work to be done for these coaches. But this is I, – I was talking to Willie about it earlier on the air on before you came in. Uh, it is just a convention of coaches too and it has changed a little bit because they are some of them are recruiting but they're all there and a lot of them are lobbying for a job somewhere else like hey let me meet this head coach so that I can be on his staff at some point and all those transactions are being done which is why i love it so much
1: yeah it's the uh, it's another one of those as i call the national paul persons convention Willie and Ari and i are uh, are a bit out of place not to knock on you guys but yeah, because I'm only five nine, but there's the average Joe down here walking around is like six five. That's where it starts.
0: I'm, I'll be five. I'm good. No, you're good. We walking
1: you're good. around. You, you you lie about your height. I think you're more like six two and a half now six, than whatever you say six three and six, six three and a half. What do you say? Seven eighths? Six, six three and seven eighths? Six, 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 three six four and a half. quarter? Six three and a, six three and a half? Six three and a half. There's no halves, right, Willie? There's no halves. There's no, halves. There's no quarters. You are We're, what you are. Halfs you
0: round up. So it's yeah, 6'4", But yeah. I know I'm not six round, four, round, round, so down. I can't say that. But I'm more than six three.
1: Right. You're you round down. <laughs> I don't have mathematics. expectations all I Diminished know is when someone
2: brings up my height I just let everyone know I was taller than Prince. that's all that matters okay that's, the, that's I know the that
1: measuring stick. I'm I'm guessing that the I'm guessing that the issue for uh, Mr. Ari up on say Tinder is an over exaggeration of height and if you just put five six down then when you show up at five seven and a half or whatever you claim, then you're good. You know what I always tell. I
2: like it. You know I always tell him is don't height, do it. Don't,
1: don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. I don't want to hear about height in the bed. I know where you're going. What's What's he gonna do? What's he Sh- gonna do? What's he gonna do? Screw you. You
2: screwed my punchline. Let's move on to I the next. I mean, it's I like you know. I I, I, you, just wait. Now, now I owe you one. I'm yeah. not. Gonna, I'm not going to let you deliver a punchline at some point.
1: So we'll have more on the setup for the final four <laughs> and uh, being in Texas in a couple of minutes, but. Um, I wanted to ask you guys what do you think of the the talk now, and Adam could probably tell us more about it. What's going on with the idea of Thursday flexing in the NFL?
0: Yeah, it's well, so the bottom line is before any any other thing of is discussed on the subject, hmm. you have to understand how much Amazon paid for the rights to Thursday night football. Yeah. That that is the beginning and the ending of this conversation. Because as much as the league wants to talk about health and safety and Keeping players safe and not putting them through the rigors of multiple Thursday night games in a season and short weeks and everything else, Amazon paid a lot of money, and they want to get their value. And so this is going to happen. They've they've shelved it uh, to push it back a little bit, but um, they have basically said you can play two Thursday night games or two short week games. I guess is the because like week one wouldn't count as a short week because it's Thursday night. But there's you know you have full preparation through training camp. You don't have any game before it. If you have a Thursday to a Thursday, that's not a short week. If you have an, a bye week, that's not a short week either if you have a bye going into a Thursday. So there's all sorts of ways that they can extend beyond that two Thursdays. You could play three, even four Thursdays based on that. But it does seem like there's going to be flexing later later this year that they're going to pass. They haven't done it yet. They have shelved it. But the owners really want it. Obviously, Amazon wants it. The players and the coaches don't. And you know, some coaches have made good points, including Josh McDaniels, who talked about this the other day, and said, "Look, you don't. You're not just game planning week to week. Like you're, you're game planning. You have a schedule for the entire season. Mm. Like right now, the team, the Raiders, are working on their practice schedule for the entire year, and they know exactly what they're going to do. And they also are using certain times during the season to prep for." potentially later in the year and saying, like, all right, we got this team, we got this team. Oh, here's a short week at this point in the season. We're going to have to prep for that team at this time. If you're saying, hey, you're moving a Sunday game in week 14 back to a Thursday, you've got to start preparing for that in, like, week two, three. You've got to know way in advance that a game is going to be earlier because it's going to change your prep schedule for that week. So I know for most people they're like, just go take the field and play. And that's fine. I get that part of it. But, like, teams are – over prepared for how their season is going to go and when you change the the date of the games it does throw some things into chaos. So I get where teams are coming from, but I also understand that if the league is making this much money from Amazon, Amazon's going to determine what games are playing on Thursday. That's just going to happen.
2: Yeah, that's I mean it's that's cut and dry. I mean that's we heard that last year um a lot because I think that was it was it was talked to uh, McDaniels a lot about preparation and um, Adam's right so I mean it doesn't matter when in the season that they make these changes because let's not forget if you're the road team all of a sudden you're changing up when you're practicing when you're doing game film because you got to travel as well so it does make a difference but the bottom line is is it's it's uh it's money over everything else so and and they, if that's what they want that's it's gonna happen
1: but it's really not acceptable like we shouldn't just sit here and go well we understand it's money like okay, you can push back one. Player safety, which we'll get into here in a second and two, it completely screws over fans. First of all, Adam, what's the idea on how much notice you're going to have on a, a Thursday game being flexed? Like three weeks out, two weeks out?
0: Yeah, it sounds like at least two, but that's that's all up for debate. Like I said, they've pushed this back. They tabled it. So I think I think there is enough resistance that they're going to try to push it back long enough to then maybe tell Amazon, like, hey, we can't get this done this year. Like, right. It might be next year. Like, we don't have enough time to do it, which I think is maybe what they're targeting. The, the point is, it's going to happen at some point for sure. Um, it might not be this year though, because they are pushing it back.
1: Hey, Jeff Bezos, just sit tight, and we'll find a way to give you Dan Snyder's team for a good price.
0: Would it be? Actually, we can't.
1: Dis- we can't. We can't discount it, but we will make Snyder sell to anyone we want, and he doesn't get the freaking decision in the end. Um, I shudder and fear to play this bite, so I may just scream, stop it, stop it. But on the player injury front about playing on Thursdays, here's Gradel Raj, uh, the $60 million man, trying to put out some data here that Thursdays, you know, we've studied it. Uh, injuries are not a concern. I don't
3: think we are putting
0: Amazon over players' interests. You know, we've always been looking at the data with respect to injuries and the impact on players. That, was, that drove our decisions uh, throughout the first 12 or so years of Thursday night football uh, and how it's evolved. And I think we have data that's very clear. Uh, it doesn't
3: show higher injury rate, but we recognize shorter weeks. Uh, we, we went through this in COVID too. Um, it's, you know, you okay, we I, had to have I, it.
1: All right, that's it. I can't, I can't do 57 seconds. That's enough. Here, here's where they are misguided on this, Willie. It's, it's not just the injuries on Thursday night games. It's what it does for the integrity of the sport and also what it does to player safety for players who have to rush back. And how many times do we see – I want to see this list. How many times do we see players who can't play on Thursday night because they don't have enough recovery time right. that week That's right. to bounce back, and that affects the integrity of the game but potentially puts the players in jeopardy if they try to rush back on the field those are the numbers. That's the data I want to see.
2: Well, then that's – that is the key is not necessarily how many injuries are taking place, like you said, on Thursdays, but those players, right? We just got done talking about and We talked about it again today, Adam and I. We talked about it yesterday. You and I is, you know, the the talk about uh, whether Josh Allen can continue to play the, t- the type of play that he – you know, the style of play. So – Guys that go hard, I mean, there is a time where they have to, they need recovery, and and that Monday off, you know, with game film, and then Tuesday's the day off, and then coming right back, we see them always taking practice off, you know, sometimes on Wednesday, third, but to have to turn if you're if you're that guy and you turn around, they may have to sit them. And even though it's not necessarily an injury, but they don't have enough recovery time. And you're going to run across those situations because you're increasing the percentages, you know, in terms of, well, now we have four teams playing, so that increases the possibility that you're running across guys that won't be ready.
1: Well, I've got some breaking news. Uh, Red Hot Chili Pepper is supposed to play this Saturday. They're going to be playing next Thursday. So, um, yeah, anyone who was coming to town and had a whole weekend planned out, sorry, Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They're going to be playing on Saturday. We've got tickets right now. 364 364-1100, 364-1100. Two tickets to Red Hot Chili Peppers. Saturday show at the Al. You can grab your own tickets at Ticketmaster.com. But Ari's got a pair right now. Call our seven Red Hot Chili Peppers this Saturday at Allegiant Stadium. But to build on this, Adam, I want your reaction first. And then on the way back, I want to talk about the fans, because that's what I was just kind of building with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Fans are coming in from all over the country. But what's your take on the whole Thursday night injury impact it's not necessarily what happens on Thursday night
0: no it's I mean I'd like to see their studies on you know guys that are maybe a little bit hurt rush back to play Thursday and then long term like what is what is the impact on them like I'd like to see that uh and I know look it's something uh the McAfee show is also talking about and they were saying that Goodell is placing all these things about these studies on Thursday night, and he's also putting all these studies about uh, what they've done on special teams, and they're trying to eliminate certain things in punts. Hey, we've seen all these injuries on punts. We need to get rid of that. But they never say what their. Stu- can you just release the studies? Like, show yeah. us the studies. Show, us, show <laughs> us these studies that it's based on yeah. where the where the data is of, hey, we've seen this, so we know what you're basing this on. And, hey, look, if it says there's no impact to Thursday night, even long term – cool and if it says special teams are the majority of the injuries and that's why this happens cool but let's see it don't just say that you did it
1: trust in Raj yeah it always works out well for us the fans and the players trust trust in Raj uh, we're on the road for the final four in Houston Cofield and company out here thanks to Finley Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow and the 215 and online at SubaruofLasVegas.com also Thanks to Paul law It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. Two full shows uh, in the next couple of days from Westwood One Radio Row. Getting
3: you ready for the Final Four? Cofield & Company is broadcasting live at the 2023 NCAA Semifinals this Thursday and Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. Brought to you by Finley Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow in the 215 and online at SubaruofLasVegas.com. Now, back to Cofield & Company in the Finley Toyota studio.
1: Man, there's a ton going on today around college basketball, around the NFL. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez, Cofield here in H-Town getting ready for the Final Four. We'll have full shows tomorrow live from Houston on Radio Row. Tomorrow's show, will start out with Kevin Kruger. He'll join us live at the beginning of the show. We'll have a bunch of coaches and players and also talk about the coaching carousel, which we'll get into more in depth in about eight minutes. The Mountain West Conference has lost a coach, I think, the coach of the number three program in the conference, so we'll get – that in just a few we got a lot of tickets to give away we got a lot of concerts coming up uh, ari's manning the phones let's give away another pair of great tickets this is actually for a show tomorrow depeche mode love depeche mode two tickets T-Mobile arena AXS.com. axs.com is where you get your tickets caller seven right now thursday show depeche mode is in town at the fortress 364 1100 364 1100 so we were just talking about the thursday flex situation that they may start flexing games to Thursday, so you'd find out a couple weeks out that you have a short week. Willie, what do you think of this for fans? And it's one thing for local fans because, you know, a Thursday game is tough. Essentially, what are you going to do? You're going to go out, you know, uh, have a grand old time, and then you probably have to take off Friday. So now it affects your work week. And for Vegas, and the fact that we have, like, 50% of the stadium with people coming from out of town, what do you think it's like to change your flight plans and your reservations in Vegas on two weeks' notice?
2: i I think it's beyond Vegas, but yeah, it makes sense because people are gonna centralize their quote unquote vacations or short vacations or mini you know weekends to Vegas and now all of a sudden you, you have it planned and it disrupts some things. Also, what does it do for those? uh we all know that the hotels, just like us, we're sitting here waiting for the official dates to be announced. We know the opponents, right? But the hotels in Las Vegas are now, they await for these things. They they, they wait during March Madness when the, the conference tournaments come to town. They're waiting, you know, they know the F1, they know the prices of that. But can you imagine the hotel prices, the people that were booked to go to those hotels? Now all of a sudden, oh, by the way, the Raiders are going to play at home instead of Sunday. They're going to play at home on Thursday. Now weekday rates are going up. So it's going to affect more than just people with their travel flight plans. But in Vegas it's going to affect a lot more because we all know that the corporations they dictate their pricing around home sporting events. So yeah, it's 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 affecting a lot and but the league doesn't care. They don't think about that kind of stuff. That's it's none of their concern. It's they just going to look at it like, you know, revenue to those cities and it just on
0: a different day.
1: Adam, did anyone get Mark Davis's reaction on this so far?
0: Uh no, I didn't see him talk down there. I didn't. I don't know for sure. Um, I imagine he probably is in favor of this because it would cut oh, really? down on, it would cut down on some of the visiting fans uh, coming to the game. I know he, he, he was screaming. I know, about that.
1: I know he talked about that. Adam, Does, is he really disappointed about visiting fans being there? I mean, the way this whole thing was designed with the PSLS. I mean, I mean how can we not expect visiting fans to, to get in to make up some of the money people paid for very high PSLs and, and high ticket prices? And he did
0: speak on that this this weekend, but he was you know he expressed his uh, his anger uh, at the fans. But he also said, he was like, look, if we're winning, people aren't going to be selling the tickets, which I also don't think is true. Um, I, I don't think it's going to matter. I think people are going to sell tickets no matter what because they want to make money off of them. That's why yeah. so many people got them. So um, I, I don't think winning is going to cure it necessarily. But you know, maybe there's a little bit more of a home crowd if you're if you're able to do that. And he said that it could potentially fix it. But yeah, this is definitely a destination, and um, you know, in in the end, his tickets are sold, so I don't think he cares necessarily who's who's there, uh, as long as somebody's filling those seats and buying something. So um, I don't know that he'd be the most worked up about this of all the owners.
2: The the winning you mentioned the win. If anything, the winning is just gonna make you know it's the same people that we're gonna sell them regardless. I think if they start winning, they're they're going to look at well, you know what? Now I'll just sell to local fans or I'll sell, sell to Raiders fans, and I can jack the price up a little bit because it becomes all of a sudden it becomes
0: a hot ticket. Right, but then it's then it is more Raiders fans there, and that's in the end that's what they would want. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean that maybe we'll fix it a little bit to that degree, maybe. But I, you know, there's always going to be a lot of visiting fans coming here. That's. That's why the team is here. That's such a cool place to come to. Like, we should embrace that part of it.
1: I actually thought it was really cool that uh, John Mara, who has kind of been a buffoon in the past at times, he was a a clown with the Colin Kaepernick stuff, saying the fans wouldn't like Colin Kaepernick on the team. I don't know why you're listening to Giants fans. Um, But, yeah, Mara, the Giants owner, says he's adamantly opposed to the proposal of Flex Games. Uh, Games being moved to Thursday night in the middle or, you know, towards the end of the season. He said it's really inconsiderate to our season ticket holders and the people who fill our stadiums every week. But it sounds like he's not going to win this battle, which is – it's disappointing. But, you know, in the end – and I don't want to smear the NFL for this, but I I think the attitude is, hey, we're – what what can we do in terms of pushing the line money-wise and pleasing our sponsors and our partners in TV? How far can we push it before the fans actually revolt? And the answer is there's there, – I don't think
0: there is a line, right, Adam? I don't think so. It's a it's a juggernaut. Like there's nothing I was going to say there's nothing. There's very little they could do at this point. I mean, the, how many how many times have has the end of the NFL's dominance been predicted? It's never it's never happened. No, nothing has ever oh, yeah. impacted it. It's oh, just the, won't.
1: the the clowns from a few years ago of about, course. you know get woke go broke. I mean, you just got punched in the face every year. <laughs> right. Uh the league's bigger than it's ever been and you're you're the little stupid periods of uh you know, a, a week here or there dropping in the ratings and you're, you know, trying to make it fit your narrative. It's so off. People are, are not going to ever drop the NFL. There's basically nothing the league can do. That's going to piss people off enough that they're not going to buy the tickets and especially watch on TV. Well, we've got our, our other local professional football team, the uh, Vipers in the midst of an XFL season and uh, coming up, they've got a meet and greet. Damon is going to be on the road. Devon Cotton from Raider Nation Radio. 920 is going to be on the road. Finley Toyota on Friday, meet and greet with a couple of the XFL players from the Vipers. He's going to have all sorts of uh, R&R 920 prizes, swag. Uh, you can meet the players. It's 3 to 5. Damon will be on the scene. That's a 7733 Eastgate Road in Henderson. Uh, meet the Vegas Vipers. And Damon's going to be talking XFL out there. He's one of the voices of the Vipers. So mark it down. Good spot to stop. At the end of the day, on Friday, 3 to 5, Damon and the XFL players, Vegas Vipers, on the road at Finley Toyota.
3: Join Cofield and Company live every Thursday at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. Weekly giveaways and awesome game day food and drink specials. Thursdays, 3 to 6 p.m. at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. So when we rank the programs,
1: guys, in the Mountain West Conference, San Diego State clearly is the number one basketball program, right? Anyone want to argue with that one? Who's number two?
0: It's tough. I mean, I By guess, that much thought, I guess really? Boise?
1: Yeah, I think it's clearly Boise right now.
0: It's just tough to say it.
1: Okay. Who's number three? You know, based on success over, let's say, the last eight, ten years.
0: I mean, it might still be Consistent. in Mexico, but probably Utah State.
1: I think it's Utah State. But Utah State got a bad break, and it's not entirely surprising. I think the destination is worth looking into, but Ryan Odom, Utah State coach, son of Dave Odom. It always seemed like a weird mix. It came from UMBC. You know, East Coast guy, Southeast. Ryan Odom has taken the job at VCU. Should Aggie's fans feel insulted? Like that's a slap in the face, like you made a lateral move at him.
0: Um no, I mean I think you should also understand he's he's an East Coast guy. Right. Um it just it makes sense. That program has been phenomenal. Uh, they've had a lot of success. But I, I don't think it's necessarily you can't just always look at it as, hey, that program's really better than our program. Well, no, maybe that part of the country is better to live in. Uh, maybe that's where he's more comfortable. He has family around there. I, I think all those things make sense. Now he could have okay. potentially just stayed another year and probably gotten an, an even better job. But you know, I, I don't think you can look at it as any kind of a slap in the face or anything like that. All right. Yeah. I mean, VCU, a, uh,
2: VCU's been to 13 tournaments, 13 NC two A tournaments since 2003 2004 season. So okay. it's it's not that bad of a move. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it's a good program, but but to Adam's point, you would expect someone from the Mountain West would have an opportunity to jump up to a Power Five, and you know, be around all that money, all that funding. When I uh, when I tweeted this out about Ryan Odom, Utah State coach, leaving to go to VCU, someone responded, simply saying, "I know he enjoyed his time in Logan," and my response was, "Logan is an interesting place."
0: <laughs> yeah, and that was another Cause, part of
1: it, because I have no idea. But I'll bet you if you talk to a lot of coaches off the record, they're like, "This place is unique to recruit
0: to, to manage." Sure. And VCU's in Richmond. It's a you know legitimate city. It's um, you know Eastern Seaboard, which is where he's familiar, but also just like two hours south of DC, a huge recruiting area there. It it, it just makes sense, and I, I don't I don't think you can take anything away from like a comparison uh, between those yeah. two schools.
1: Now, from a UNLV angle, Willie. I think two of the guys who will put in for the job and could be amongst the top 10 candidates, maybe top six candidates, one could be Barrett Perry, or Peary, who's on the UNLV staff, but is really a, you know, a state of Utah guy. Right. And the other could be a former Utah assistant, a former, check that, Utah state assistant and a former BYU assistant, CDR, former Rebel coach Dave Rice.
2: Yeah, and we recently spoke with his brother Grant, who said that you know he uh, to stand by. He he did want to get back into coaching, so mm, it's a possibility. It 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 certainly wouldn't be shocking to see Dave Rice return to the sidelines in the Mountain West Conference. Um, you know, after years here and then assisting, what for one up in uh, Reno. So, uh, you know, at this point, it, it's an assistant. At any program in the Mountain West that's being offered a head coaching job, should most certainly uh, be strongly considered or or take the job seriously if 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 you can get it. I mean, I, I wouldn't blame any of them. Um, I think if if it comes down to it and you have a chance to get Dave Rice, who still probably has his you know strong recruiting ties and has always been a good recruiter, then you go after him. Why not?
1: All right, we kind of jumped ahead on this whole thing. The reason VCU was open is Mike Rhodes took the Penn State job because Shrewsbury left Penn State to go to Notre Dame. And Adam, uh, you remember back to when DRF was looking for a coach after uh, moving on from Menzies, that Mike Rhodes was probably the number one or at least in the top three for DRF. Yeah, for UNLV,
0: there's somebody I was certainly pushing for as well at the time. I thought uh, stylistically, you weren't part
1: of the you weren't part of the Mike Miller contingent in the media.
0: No, no I was not. Okay, uh, okay no, that wasn't me um yeah i yeah i loved Rhodes. You know, you know, style of play wise i thought it fit i thought it made a lot of sense and uh he's shown that he's very successful uh,
1: it is crazy that when it comes to coaching openings and then player transfers there is like you don't even have to go full kevin bacon with the six degrees of separation with unlv it's generally like three degrees like they're just they're tied to just everyone over the last 15 or or 20 years um now I mentioned Utah State, Utah Valley is also open, which could also be a spot for both of those guys to go to. I don't I don't, Adam,
0: think, I don't think Utah Valley's open. You don't think it's open? I don't.
1: Uh-oh, what's happening here?
0: No, I think uh I think Todd Phillips is is being promoted. I think he's going to take the job. I talked to some people around the program okay. yesterday and uh he is kind of being groomed for that spot. He was an unbelievably successful coach at Salt Lake Community College. He's been the lead assistant for Mark Matson. Mark Matson has been Really, really hyping him as a head coach. And, by the way, Mark Madsen has missed a couple of games and and appearances. And uh, Todd Phillips has filled in. And, no, it is not the Todd Phillips that directed Old School and Hangover and uh, Starsky and Hutch and other such great films. Different name. Uh, But Todd Phillips, I think, is just going to slide over a chair and be the head coach.
1: Yeah, Uh, You saw North Texas at the NIT, right?
0: Yep. And Coach Grant McCasland, who will be leaving after this game for Texas Tech.
1: Well, the carousel spinning. Yes. Spinning and spinning. Sure. And then the other thing that happened uh, a little while ago is Abdur Raheem, who was at that Kennesaw State, he got the South Florida job. And I think Richard Patino from New Mexico was in the middle of that mix.
0: And Dave Rice was at one time in the middle of that mix. Dave, Dave,
1: Dave Rice was thing. at one time, and uh, he was able to use that as a little bit of leverage. But in the end, it didn't work out because, uh, what was it, the following year, uh, boosters and... TKM were trying to make decisions behind the scene, and it was, a, it was a messy time. It was a messy time. As long as we're talking about yeah.
0: – First of all, I should also mention Dave Rice sounds like he's in the mix in New Mexico State. I don't think they've hired anybody yet. I haven't seen no, they it. Did. they did. They did?
1: They hired someone. Yeah, they hired oh. someone like five days ago. Oh. And that. they hired the Sam Houston State coach. Oh. And I noticed well, – well, no, no. You know what? it was a tweet. I noticed there was a tweet uh, from a fan who said uh, they were hoping that New Mexico State would be taken over by Dave, Dave Rice because he could – Help cleanse the program. Well, it's—I
0: mean—it needs it. It is a miserable, miserable place right now. Obviously, my dad lives in uh, uh, Las Cruces, a couple of miles from campus, and uh, it is—it's bad down there for sure. I—I um, I was actually thinking of the case of like I would not take it if I was him. So interesting to note that. Um, my favorite coaching carousel possibility is that Jim Larranega retires and uh, Dusty May just slides over from from Boca down to Miami Boy. with both teams being in the Final Four.
1: So how, how does that work for your narrative, Willie, when you're talking about Dusty May and maybe keeping the whole team, but also the other side of it is if FAU, uh, you know, bows out of this final four, he's done a great job. And all these players now have a higher profile teams could come in in the transfer portal above them and just freaking raid the roster uh, or what Adam just said could happen. You could have these dominoes fall and Dusty May could go south to Miami and then they all leave with him to go to Miami.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. And, you know, and the, the narrative was – and what I said over was people were talking about recruiting his players, and, and he said, no, that well, that's that didn't just happen during the last offseason coming in, and we were able to maintain and sustain what we have. They've been recruiting him during this season yeah. and then during the run during the tournament. So these kids are being approached. They're being spoken to. They're being you know flirted with, if you will. And now that they're in the Final Four, um, who knows what's going to happen with that roster. And if he leaves – then yeah, it's you know it's it's one thing as because we talked about this the other day that well you know what if they end up going to better programs, then then guys at the at that same level of caliber of play that Florida Atlantic's played at this season they're going to get them in. But if he goes, there's no telling what they're going to be able to do next season if they're going to be able to bring in you know top recruits and who they're going to land.
1: Yeah, I'll make a prediction right now that uh, FAU, if they lose this Dusty May guy, will make a run at Rich Bertino and will potentially offer him double his current salary at New Mexico.
0: Well, yeah, let's let's also note obviously
1: F- FAU FAU is going nowhere. They're here because they've laid the groundwork, and I've mentioned a bunch of times. Give me the person who thought Tom Herman, huh. a multi-millionaire who appeared to be ready to go back to at least a you know a group of five or a power five, would land at freaking Florida Atlantic. They have money. They already had Lane Kiffin there. So, I mean, this, this this carousel, and I just mentioned three, four, five, six degrees of separation is going to be insane when you see coaches move from spot to spot. And other coaches who are like, well, I can double my salary. You know, I'm more of an East Coast person. That's where I want to be. So the Mountain West is kind of like fighting off, you know, especially if you don't make regional hires, people who are familiar and want to be in the area, uh, there is a risk coaches from the Mountain West, good ones can be poached at any time.
0: Uh, And let's also, you know, point out, I mean, obviously Florida Atlantic job is getting better just, uh, you know, with this run, but also because they're moving up conferences next year uh, to the American along with half the Conference USA. So it's already getting better. But there was a story recently, I don't know how many people saw it, about Dusty May took the job. And it was kind of similar to um, what we have talked about with uh, certain coaches who are in markets where they just can't show the city. Um, You know, Todd Simon, when he was at uh southern utah kind of talked about this and said he recruits right. players before they ever see the campus and then he brings them to campus and he's like it's not that bad like you you've got to you got to kind of make do uh and, and do that apparently dusty made did the same thing he took the job without ever seeing the campus and uh or he saw the campus but he didn't see the facilities and there's a story that he walked into the facility for the first time and sat down and cried and said what the heck am i doing like this is impossible <laughs> so like it, yeah. they, they do need to improve some things around there. Uh, to make it a little bit more appealing, but the job is getting appealing on its own from the fact that they're moving up in a conference.
1: Okay, so I'll retract that they may be able to buy the allegiance of Dusty May if yeah. the facility yeah. is that bad. I mean, the, the the one positive, one of the other positives, Willie and I talked to him yesterday, Carrot Top on the recruiting trail could <laughs> be a secret weapon.
0: Uh, sure. I think, I, don't, I think that could happen. <laughs>
1: That apparently that line really bored Willie as he leaned back and took a big yawn. I didn't nail oh. it on that one. He, he's getting me he's getting me back for my uh, I shut him down in a comment earlier in the hour.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I I mean, I'm rocking the shirt. I think that's helping with recruiting. too. That's
2: big. That's big, yeah.
1: Where'd you get that shirt? How easy it, how easy it an FAU this.
0: shirt? It was it was actually fairly easy. Amazon is a wonderful
1: <laughs> wonderful place.
0: I have a flag have of Atlanta. Atlanta. You have a flag. I have a flag, I have a banner. I've got I've got everything.
1: You're uh, you're coming down here on Friday, right? I am. Are you? Can you bring the flag? Uh, well, we need some signage. The,
0: I, I the quickly the story, and I think we told a little bit, but that you that's know, our team. Good good friend of mine. My, that,
1: it's it's my team. It's my team because uh, I'll let you tell the story here in a second. When I when I got to the downtown area today, Willie, I looked up and there was just San Diego State stuff everywhere, and well, not everywhere, but all four schools were represented. I'm like, oh god.
2: So, yeah. you're, you mean, as Justin said in the 4 o'clock hour, the best team in the Pac-12? It's true. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, I don't know if they're going to be the best program in the Pac-12, but they're they go, if they go to the Pac-12, they're going to be amongst the, the top four or five right away, and that's been proven. What was the story, Adam?
0: No, a good, good friend of mine at the paper is a, a huge FAU fan, has been just ranting about them all year. He's watched every single game, and a couple of us got together and ordered a bunch of gear and watch the first game thinking there would maybe just be one game to watch and we've just adopted the team as they've gone along, but he is going to Houston. Uh the, you know he's a big fan and he's going to watch the game, so he'll probably bring the flag. But maybe I could bring it a day early if if that's what you need.
1: Yeah, we need it. We need signage. We got all kinds of stuff. We got to pledge we have to pledge our allegiance. Uh while we'll be doing all the college basketball stuff the next couple days, uh Willie's gonna be at SG Bar, that's gonna to be tomorrow night from six to eight. What's going on at uh, SG at Flamingo and two fifteen, Willie?
2: Gonna be a big good time. The Golden Knights Vegas Vivas. The chance. The mascot. Uh, plenty of picture opportunities. Eleven dollar pitchers of Coors Light. Thirteen dollar pitchers of Blue Moon. Jack Daniels shots and cocktails five bucks, and this sixteen dollar Reuben sandwich. I'm debating. I, I got to figure out which workout I'm gonna do so I can save room with the caloric intake on the marbled rye bread with the Swiss cheese, the thousand Island dressing. It's going to be incredible served with the sea salt fries. I stopped by city national arena on my way to the studio and picked up a bag full of prizes that I'm going to be giving away. So we're going to be doing raffles. We're going to give away some bobbleheads, some gear that they gave me to to give out. Um, So yeah. And we're going to cap it off with tickets to the April 6th showdown between the golden Knights and the Kings.
3: Cofield and Company is live on the road in Houston for the 2023 college basketball semifinals presented by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag only on ESPN Las Vegas. Reminder again, Willie Ramirez on the
1: road tomorrow, SG Bar 215 and Flamingo. Willie Ramirez, SG Bar, Flamingo and 215, VGK viewing party, Golden Knights are on the road at the Sharks, Chance, Vegas Vivas are on the scene, giveaways, pictures, a a great food special, pitcher specials, Jack Daniels specials, and SG Bar at Flamingo and 215 is a really, really cool location. So join Willie starting at 6 and then the puck drops at 7.30 and I think the Uh, Tickets that he's giving away for the Golden Knights against the Kings go out at 8 o'clock. So, good stuff. Uh, We've covered a lot of the stories that came out of the owners' meetings. And I happen to see this comment. I I missed it yesterday, but um, Paul Gutierrez sent this out, our friend from ESPN.com. And, Adam, what was Josh McDaniel's reaction to potentially drafting Jalen Carter, who's had some driving-related issues?
0: Yeah. Well, so – there was, I think a lot of people watched the breakfast uh, roundtable with McDaniels, and it was about 30 minutes long, and then he was um, talk, He was in a, a smaller group of just Raiders uh, media outside the building, and it was about a 15-minute conversation, and, and there he was asked uh, specifically uh, if, you know, knowing the history, he would have any hesitation drafting Jalen Carter. Now, the way the question was phrased was not directly, hey... Henry Ruggs was racing, or was driving very fast. Jalen Carter drives very fast. He was in an incident where somebody got killed. Like, would that? It wasn't d- directly correlated. Uh, but McDaniel's answer was, "Look, we do background on everybody, and we're gonna dra- we're ha- gonna have no hesitation drafting players who check out in our background checks, and we figure out you know what we need to know about them." And he essentially said, "You know, this is a lot of speculation on Twitter of what happened." we'll try to find out what really happened and then make a determination if he fits in with what we want to do. Now, two things on this one, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler were not here for Henry Ruggs. They weren't part of that. So maybe they don't fully understand the situation. And two, this is a football question. I think the organizational question might fall more on Mark Davis of if they have to ask him like, Hey, are we cool taking this guy? I don't know where he would stand on that. And I think that is maybe a more telling answer, but McDano's answer was more generic of hey, we we extensively check everyone. And as long as somebody passes our checks and we believe in them as a person and their character, then we won't have hesitation drafting them.
2: So in and cause he said, well, it's got to
0: pass our character
2: test. So you're right. The previous regime is responsible for Damon Arnett. Um, but what they could have looked at and saw from his college days wouldn't have passed the, anybody's character test possibly, and yet look what took place with what came out in how many rent-a-cars he rent uh, wrecked, the fact that he left the scene of an accident, raced and had his brother um, take credit for the accident Well, he raced up to the facility, so on and so forth. Um, you have this situation here, and... It it I'm not saying it's writing on the wall and it's innocent before proven guilty, but the bottom line is they issued a warrant for his arrest. He was involved in this situation, so they have to take the, they. I would think they would they should take that in consideration. I don't know, but maybe yep. they're they're going to interview him, vet him, do what it do what needs to be done. But it has been proven beyond just Henry Ruggs. There were other situations where, hey, because uh, Henry Ruggs if they would have vetted him or done their research on character tests they're not going to see that right because yeah, no. everyone everyone in Alabama said hey that's not him that's a, that's <laughs> not the henry we know
0: but there was the Damon Arnett situation yeah also again previous administration so yes exactly um yeah. you know it's a different level of you know comfortability and background testing that they're going to do and i'm not saying it's right or wrong or what they're going to do but um they said that they do extensive research on everyone and extensive background on everyone and they have to be comfortable with a person before they take them
1: I hope it's not after the Bill Belichick model of background checks.
0: Well, they check out Aaron Hernandez very well.
1: Pick your hand in there, Dave. Nothing needs to be said Okay. after that. Trust me, I drive by uh, Spring Valley and Rainbow all the time. I don't live far from where Henry Ruggs' residence was, is, and uh, that is one of the targets I use where Tina Tintor worked, so.
2: R.I.P. in the tundra.
1: Yes. It hasn't left a lot of us. And it Max. was It was, and an, Max. It, it was a N-MAC, yeah. Uh, it was a terrible, terrible thing. I said I was done. Get back in the bag.
2: Stick your hand in there, Dave.
1: Uh, one more giveaway before we get out of here. We got uh, one more set of tickets to Depeche Mode. Ari's going to hook you up. The show's tomorrow. I mean, this is going to be an awesome show. T-Mobile, AXS.com is where you can grab your tickets. But T-Mobile is the site. Two tickets for tomorrow's show with Depeche Mode. So call right now, 364-1100. Caller seven. I think I'm curious to get Adam's reaction on this one because, uh, outwardly Adam's an interesting guy from a personality standpoint. I think Willie's probably more gregarious. Be? I saw this note from a Nick Wagner covers the Niners on our guy, Jimmy Garoppolo he said, uh, Kyle Shanahan was asked if he's talked to Jimmy Garoppolo since he moved to the Raiders. Shanahan's response, quote, that would be impossible. You got to run into Jimmy to have a conversation with him, and then uh, Big Roos built on that. Uh, Diane Ursini, who's not big, but you know, big presence. Um, she says one of my favorite Jimmy Garoppolo facets is how it's universally known he essentially has the world on airplane mode. I kind of like this.
2: You guys, <laughs> I love it. My phone stays on do not disturb.
0: But I feel like if you're if you're a quarterback, quarterback you have to be available. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know feel like you should just – but this is this is not a new thing like this goes back remember it was it was talked about that uh during the offseason what 2 years ago that they just couldn't get a hold of him they're, they're, we don't know what his injury we don't know what he's doing he, we can't talk to him it's the offseason if he's not in the building you can't you can't connect with him so uh, it's interesting i did also hear the story yesterday of uh, um who was it austin hooper saying the only time he's ever seen women in a bar fight over a guy was jimmy g in nashville
1: totally believable <laughs> of course totally believable of course all right, we'll continue broadcasting from here in Houston, getting ready for the final four. Thanks to Finley Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow and 215 online at Subaru of Las and Paul Padilla. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery.